This is Catalog and Cocktails, presented by Data.World. Hello, everyone. Welcome. We're back. It's season four of Catalog and Cocktails, the honest, no BS, non-salesy conversation about data management, presented by Data.World, the data catalog for leveraging agile data governance to give power to people and data. I'm coming to you live from Austin, Texas. My co-host Juan is coming from somewhere else. I'll tell you in just a second. I'm longtime data nerd and product guy at Data.World, Tim Gasper, joined by Juan. Hey, Tim. I'm Juan Cicada, principal scientist at Data.World. And yes, we are back and we're back live and we're starting to go out to places. I am in sunny Orlando right now. Uh, we are wrapping up the Gartner Data Analytics Summit. And uh, it, we're just so excited to get back on the road. To start to get on the road, taking catalog and cocktails to the road, and we said if we're this meeting people at conferences, we need to have we need to have live guests. And I'm really excited to have my good friend, buddy Vip Vip Palmer, who's a head head of global data at WPP. Vip, how are you doing? I'm doing really great. I'm really happy and hyped to be here today. Oh, this is so exciting because uh, so much we're going to go talk about, which I think is one of the themes that came out of Gartner today. Um, but first. Let's uh, tell and toast. Uh, what are we drinking and what are we toasting for? Vip, you go first. So what, are, what am I toasting for? So uh, one of the things that I'm really big on over the last year or so is being, you know, and, and, I, and I presented this in a slide that I did the other day in the presentation, which is the fact that we're data rich and knowledge poor. So I'm toasting to becoming knowledge rich, right? I want all of us to become the Elon Musks of knowledge. Ooh, that's a good one. And what are you drinking today? And I'm drinking a Nojito. <laughs> the Mojito without the good stuff. It's good enough for me. <laughs> Tim, how about you? I love it. Um, I'm going to toast to people. Um, I'm feeling very grateful for the people in my life, both personally, my family, my friends, as well as the awesome people I get to collaborate and work with professionally. So people are who I'm toasting to today. And I am drinking a um, Balcones Big Baby Bottled in Bond um, whiskey, which is um, actually cured in a tequila cask. And so it's a very interesting tasting whiskey. Wow. Well, I'm going to combine those people and knowledge, right? For me, I've been, I've been talking a lot about this knowledge first world. And I have to say that these conversations I've been having over the last couple of months during the break, you can see I've gotten much more active on LinkedIn and talking about data modeling, talking about what knowledge and about people first, context first, relationship first. And I am just so ecstatic about kind of the conversations that we're having with folks that they all get it. And so cheers to that. We need to become knowledge rich around that. And that starts with being people. And I'm having uh, a twist on old fashioned. I think I've done this before. It's one of my favorites. Call it uh, a bartender told me it's called a tattletale. So it's an old fashioned, but used with scotch, blended scotch. I use just Johnny Walker and with uh, topped off with a little bit of Lafroix. So it's very smoky. So cheers. Cheers to, to people and knowledge. Cheers. cheers. People and knowledge. So we got our warm-up question today. Uh, today we're talking about bringing together business and IT. So what other two things typically wouldn't go together, but they do really well? So for me, it's a, a childhood favorite, which I haven't actually haven't had in years. But it's having a nice cold glass of Coca-Cola with a scoop of ice cream in there and a straw. Sounds wrong, but it works. I think that sounds right. <laughs> but yeah, it is. Right. <laughs> How about you, Tim? Um, you know, I'm going to say, you know, I'm so I'm I'm uh, half Korean. And so I love my Korean food. So for me, it's gochujang with anything else. Expand on the Korean part, because that forgive my ignorance on that. <laughs> so uh gochujang is like a spicy fermented paste that, oh, okay. um, that is like it, you can get it less spicy or very spicy and you can put it on pizza you can put it on rice you can put it on a sandwich you can put it on whatever you want you can put it on fruit whatever pleases you well i'm gonna follow that one because uh, my, my wife is mexican and i've learned now how to put a lot of spice uh, on a lot of things and stuff that i was like what you're gonna put that spicy thing called tahine on this fruit and and she puts it on everything and actually i'm getting fond of it did not expect it other things i thought about was uh 
potato chips on a bunch of stuff. We put it in Colombia, you put potato chips on hot dogs, potato chips crumbled on burgers. And one thing I'll never forget the first time I tried it, it blew my mind. Haggis on a burger. <laughs> all right, all right. Enough about some weird things here. But let's let's all right, let's get into Amaranda's no BS discussion. All right, Vin. Bringing bridging the gap, bringing business and IT. Like, this is the obvious thing, right? This is the age-old problem. We discuss this every time. Like, why is this obvious thing not happening? I mean, why do we continue having these gaps? So it's a it's always a a, a strange but weird one, right? Because you know, for, for in my experience over the years, it's just like business and technology they always just blame each other right it's just like you know the business have demands on technology the you know technology expects stuff from the business you know you start to it goes wrong they start pointing the fingers at each other and then it never resolves itself right but you know i think there needs to be you know first and foremost it's like any problem that you have in this world you know first you know you need to accept that this problem exists right you know because folks say no it's not us it's them right you know people need to understand that everyone plays a part in resolving this so this is something where the business and it really really need to come together right uh, in solving all of this and i think a lot of it is about understanding right now when i say understanding it's around uh, and you know and i use my, my 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 you know my my boys my sons as an inspiration for this right it's just like whenever someone comes to you in the business context and says i want you to do this i need you to deliver x i need you to do y it's ask the question how and why why do you want to do that why okay how how is that going to you know um, make an improvement for you and keep on asking those questions until you get to the root of what they're trying to achieve right where are they trying to get to what problem are they trying to solve and then what i always find is that their ask right is the wrong ask okay now I understand what you want now you i've now I'm, and i also understand what you've asked me to do but those two things don't align right what you need is something else but and then but what you also need to do is as part of that journey is not not to be too arrogant right and say ah, i know i know it right because part of that journey is understanding more about the business right and i'm thinking from a i'm, I'm thinking uh with my technology hat on right it's okay what are you doing how does you know how does you know how does you know your department or what you're doing how does that operate you know um and try to really get under the skin of why those problems have existed or why they manifest or why those opportunities have really really come about and it's to have a grown-up conversation right and understand and learn from one another right and qualify those those asks and those needs so it it really boils down to asking loads and loads of questions and really getting down to the root of what it is that you're trying to solve and then getting to the right approach around doing that all right a lot to unpack here and, yeah. and this this is so spot on because we talk about all the time and I remember we had our guest Ergus a while back who said, remember when we asked him, what are the what are the qualities that that the kind of data folks need to have are just kind of techniques? And there, he said two things, empathy and curiosity. I think this goes into that, right? Like that that Agreed. asking how, asking why is that curiosity? I mean, that's what kids do all yeah. the time. Now, how do we, I mean, I think first of all, anybody in an organization should be have that kind of motivation to ask how and why, but how do we get some structure into this? What is, how do you get your teams to start asking how and why? What is that process to kind of that cultural change or, or how do you, how would you do that? So it's to, you know, the, the answer is, is around don't do anything that you're asked to do unless you know exactly how it's going to impact the bottom line or how it's going to drive business value. Otherwise you're not doing it right. Do not, you know, you cannot prioritize anything unless you can attribute it to a business value right okay sometimes we're going to get things that we have to prioritize because they come you know right from the top and yet that stuff's got to get done but you know it should be us to collectively the business and technology prioritizing that value together right and it should be if you can't if we can't explain what that business value is and you've got to be able to measure it right if it's oh i'm going to improve sales okay what are you going to improve sales by? How long is that going to take? Right? It's always got to be measurable. So it's really got to ball, ball down to those basic elements, right? That makes sense. How how, how do you um, 
how do you make sure that a team is empowered to be able to ask those questions? Right. And, and, and what do you, what do you think about like where there may be cultures within a company where sort of the data folks who, you know, uh, want to ask those questions, don't feel like they're in a good position to do so. How do we create a better scenario and a situation for them to do that? Um, that I mean, that that's a tricky one, right? Because um, you're right, you know, culturally, people don't always feel as though that they can challenge, right? And people take it the wrong way. It's just like, I, I, you know, you're the person who delivers for me, right? Just do what I ask you to do. But right. you've got to, you know, you've got to do it in a way in which is, and, and it goes back to the point of being empathetic, right? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not asking to be awkward, right? I'm not asking to be, you know, difficult. I'm not asking all these questions so you'll just go away and then go and do something else and leave me alone. I'm, I'm doing this so I, I want to help you. I want to understand, you know, I want to advise you and, and, and give you something that you really, really need. And I think you've got to pitch it in that way, you know, as well. You've, you know, and come across in that way because I've seen it done in the past before and it's done in a bit of an arrogant way, right? Um, so I think it's really about, and then also as a leader or a manager, right? You've got to be able to ask your team what they're doing and why, you know, and then in the same way as you challenge them, I think it invokes that spirit into them um, as well. Um, and I think it, it takes time um, to do that and it, you know, it takes some guts um, as well. But as long as people know that you're coming with good intentions, right, and you want to help them in the right way, I think then that uh, that follows suit thereafter. The the good intentions is something that I that I think it's it's important because when we when people start asking why and why, kind of the receiver may take may take that with uh like oh why what, I mean you don't trust me you don't believe me or stuff like that. Or I think, are you trying to get out of the work? You don't want to do it or something. Yeah, like that, yeah. Right? yeah. So, so I think I think it's I mean this is the cultural mindset that we need to do that this needs to be coming from an ex, from from an executive point of view right and also if you're asking for something I think you're all you should also be in, in the position to explain why that is important so if you're at, if, if you're you're in the business side and you're I need this stuff like you need to be able to explain why that is important why that is valuable how much that how, how much value that's going to provide like could you actually quantify this? Like how would our business and organization be worse off because we're not answering that? And actually, if you can't answer that question, then you should question yourself if that's actually the right one. Oh, uh, agree. And you've touched upon a key point there, right? In terms of, you know, coming down from the executives, right? And this attitude, this behavior, this mindset, this philosophy has to start from the top right you know our cios our cdos our coos and you know all of the the people at the top tier of our business need to be able to relate to all of their peers within their business right and set out their strategy not in a way of okay you know i'm a cio so i'm going to do all this technology stuff i'm cdo so i'm going to do all this data stuff it's really around okay you know at that top level understanding what the strategic goals and objectives are for the firm and then then relaying it down through their chains right you know how and then driving that culture of collaboration right it's not just a handing off the baton of requirements right it's around co-creating those requirements it's you know co-identifying those opportunities it's co-identifying those problems so they really need to make sure that as leaders across the business that they're working hand in glove at that top level and then it makes it easier because if you've got that if you've got that culture all the way from the top down then at the you know at the middle and the bottom levels it becomes a lot more easy because they're doing it because that's what you're asked to do that's what they're doing so that's what i you know that's what i'm conforming to if you have that culture of compartmentalism right where you know i'm just marketing so that's all i do i'm just data that's all i do i'm just whatever then that's gonna that that's just gonna mean that you know everyone down that chain is gonna just stay in their own box and this is about making sure that those boxes open up and people start to overlap in the right way. So it's as always, it's got to come down from the top and you've got to, and that's got to come down from leadership. So what are the things that I'm, that I'm kind of break? Let me, let's brainstorm here live. Um, we have, people have kind of their operational goals. You follow OKRs and stuff like that. And, and you think about it even from an engineering perspective, right? We define what is our product, what is our roadmap, and what are our goals going to be in this quarter and next quarter. We've been talking now about data products for a long time. Right. And one of the things that we talk about the data products is that it should have a roadmap. Like, we should be aligning. I always talk about, let's go catalog the questions people have. 
Let's go understand what are the priorities and then put them within within kind of the, the roadmap of what these data products are doing that need to need, they need to be aligned with whatever OKRs or whatever types of goals that you're setting within that quarter. And if you are, if you can't make that connection, then you're not being part of the team who's driving those goals that as a company we're, we're, we're establishing. And I think that's something that, that we need to go do because I think we're just being very ad hoc oh, too. Uh, agree. And you need to do that continually, right? You know, recently, you know, we did an exercise in my team where, you know, we, we got, I got everyone in the team to note down what is it you're working on, right? And how does it tie to business value? And the business value is our, you know, strategic objectives. And we found a whole bunch of things that they just don't, they don't align. And it wasn't that, you know, we've, we, we started doing things that were, didn't have any value. Once upon a time, they had value, right? But like most of the businesses, right? Your focus, you know, and your vision and your objectives, you know, that's going to change, right? You've got to be really, really agile. So it's important that you do this on a continual basis. You don't just start the year and say, hey, this is what I'm going to do. It's every quarter you should be looking at these things. Am I doing the right things, right? What has changed? You know, where, where, you know, where has been that shift in the focus? And is the shift in our attention in terms of what we're doing and what and what we're delivering is that falling? Is 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 that um, mirroring that change as well? Because most of the time it isn't. You just kind of get stuck, you know. And don't be afraid of. Well, do you know what? I started something that's not worth finishing, right? It's a good initiative, but it's not tying, you know, it's not laddering up to, uh, you know, those new objectives. So, you know, you should never be afraid of stopping something, parking something and moving on, you know, to the next thing. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense, Viv. And I feel like we, this is the culture around data and just general curiosity and empathy that we need to get to across our entire business, all of our businesses. Um, and I like uh, the comment here on YouTube by uh, by Etienne saying, you know, is it fair to also expect curiosity from the other person? Uh, this way, the conversation may be less unilateral as both parties would share their end of the problem. Um, what do you think about that comment and, and who takes responsibility for establishing that culture? You know, is it, you know, you're, you're global head of data management, right? What is the role of leadership in all of this? What is the role of people on the ground, right? You've mentioned, for example, data translators, what's their role in all of this? So I think, you know, uh, it's interesting because data translators are an emerging role and they're kind of the, the, the kind of the, you know, the, the unicorns that are going to kind of help kind of bridge some of the gap. Um, as well. But I think it's important to really go back to fostering that culture of curiosity, right, across all levels of the business. And there's a piece around, um, and I know Juan's talked, spoken about this before, but it's about having literacy. But I think it's about having literacy on both sides of the fence, right? You know, technologists need to become more, be more literate around the business. And vice versa, right? The business folks need to be more conversant and more literate around technology, right? So, you know, it's like, you know, for example, you know, some of the things that we're doing at WPP is by, by bridging that gap is we're saying, okay, we want our business folks to understand what AI is. And the, sim and the simple output that we want, the simple measure is, is that we want to train them on what AI is so they can answer that, AI, that they can answer an elevated um, question on what is it, right? You know, so and then, uh, you know, and in the same way, we want our, you know, our technology folks like, you know, for example, the folks in my team are to really get in, you know, when you're getting into projects, right, start to understand what it is, right, you know, work with folks to, you know, and, and to be really, really curious, but, you know, but let folks challenge you don't be afraid of that challenge, right, um, as well. So it's around kind of it's a two way street of you know, being, you know, literate on both sides of the fence. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy you're bringing that up. I've been pushing this more about the business literacy, and I think I'm glad you're validating that that's something that we need to go do. You said something that, I, that I'm trying to connect two dots here is when we're having this process of asking why and how and why and how, like that is really, really important to be able to document what's going on there because in that process, you're learning the business. Yeah. And, and I think this is the, what I, what I talk a lot about, like this data therapy, this therapist role, um, that, that, that isn't just about, oh, ask a bunch of questions. And, and then we come and have an aha moment is we want to keep track of those means and be able to go connect the dots across all the different people we're doing. Because one thing is how the business works or how we're, how it's supposed to work. But the other thing is how it's actually working. 
and talking to the people that you figure out, okay, this is what it's supposed to look like, but we're really not there. Um, and these are the gaps that we have. So that, that's, that, I think that's the, these are the roles. We need these types of roles, I think, and have that incentives of people to go ask why more. Um, anyways, I, you know, me, I'm starting to rant here. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I agree with you, but I think, you know, there's, Having the roles is great, right? Having, you know, roles like translators and all that, you know, super good, right? But you can't say, okay, I'm going to put some data translators in place. And then everyone in the business is, you know, so, yeah, great. We got this. That's their job. That's not mine, right? You need to embed it into people's roles. You need to build that culture. So whilst it's great having these folks doing it, you've got to make sure you've got to, you know, and it, again, it cascades from the top down. It's they, They've got to really, really push and challenge our people in doing these things, right? Um and they've got to be the ones asking their people how and why. Why? Why? Why, why are these things happen? Why are you doing them? You know, what priority are you giving them? Where's the Where's the um, you know the value proposition to the bottom line? Where's that linkage, right? Because if they can't answer it, you're in trouble. Is so? Is, just real quick, is this idea like which roles should be more, or what hats should be more embedded? Right? Is it like you you know data translator? data steward, um, data um, therapist, like you mentioned, Juan, are these all sort of things that should be more embedded in with other people to to change the way they do their role as a data engineer, as a, you know, whatever their role might be? Or is that, um, you know, the other side of this is no, there actually needs to be a formal role of a data steward, of a data translator, of a data product manager, right? So interesting. I, I think it depends on the organization, what you're doing, your construct, right? You know, things like data stewards, right? You know, I've always been a firm believer of those. This should be something that's embedded into people's roles, right? There are people that are data stewards that don't have the title of data steward, right? And in fact, to this day, I've never met a person that has, has, has that title, um, right? Whereas those, you know, Data translators, for example, I think they should probably be independent. That's not, you know, people do it as part of their roles, but you need to have these independent roles that really think about all of these things too, um, as well. But I think we need to be careful about join, you know, giving people these roles and these titles. You know, you're a data owner, you're a data steward, right? Because, you know, in, in a previous life, we've done that, right? We said, okay, you're the steward. And like, okay, no, you're giving me more work to do. No, we're not giving you more work to do. And then they run for the hills, right? Because then they're just like, I don't know how to do this stuff. You've got to make sure that when you're giving people these additional, they're not roles, they're responsibilities, right? They're very clear on what they are, but they have the means and the mechanisms to be able to fulfill that role, right? And to do those things, right? So it's just like, okay, you know, you are the, you know, one, you're the data steward of customer data. Okay, great. All right. So, but how, you know, but making sure that you've got the tools. Okay. So, you know, things like, you know, obviously data catalogs, you know, things about making sure that they have, you know, the analytics tools that they have everything they need to be able to manage that data. So I think it's the responsibility of technology around not only making sure that we um, divide those roles up and we make those clear, but we give people the capabilities and the platforms to be able to manage their data and fulfill their roles. Right. And then, but have that two way conversation to say, look, we're going to give you these capabilities, but what what do you need to be able to manage it, right? Because you want to reduce that overhead, right? Because at the end of the day, these people are, you know, their bread and butter is going to be doing operational things that are going to drive business value. So this has got to be made easy, right? And you know, and it's um, I can't remember who said it, but you know, I was at a conference a while ago, and someone spoke about governance and the point, you know, and, and pinning out roles, and it was like, and their conclusion was. If, if data governance gets in the way of what you're doing, right, or it makes it slower or more cumbersome, you're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. So don't 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 do it wrong. Do it and make it easier for people. Make it clear, but make it easy, right? That's that's what we should be doing. And it's not down to technology to say this is how you should do it. It should be that that you know that joined up collaborative conversation around how do we do it? How do you make it easy? And how do you make it something that just happens in the background yeah. right you know we you talk about give, yeah you can give people more responsibility but you have to give them the tools give them the empowerment or else it just becomes more it's just burden right exactly the right kind of empowerment you know you know we talk about privacy by design we'll just talk about governance by design right you know and and and, and think about principles like that in that kind of way i want to get 
more let's get concrete and have some takeaways here on it seems like a lot of what we're talking about is our roles and, and, and team structures and stuff. What would you what would be the ideal way, an ideal team structure that you think uh, that would be able to bridge this gap? So I think and uh, and I formulated one before, which was uh, which was actually shot down, but it's actually one that's um, you know I've seen work right, which is to have a bit of a, a decentralized structure, right? You know, so you know in you know people call it centers of excellence or or whatnot, but you need teams, right? You know, so it could be uh, an analytics team, for example, right? Um, and they're delivering analytics for an, an organization, you know, for marketing, for finance, and all of the relevant sub departments. So we should be having analysts and scientists as appropriate that are actually working in those teams. They should be sitting in those departments, working with those people. They should be having a dotted line into the the, 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 the right people in those departments. Um, and they should be working hand in glove to understand what's going on on a day-to-day -day basis. But having that translator hat on, right, where they're understanding the challenges and the opportunities and then, and then working with people hand in glove to then work through them. Right. You know, I called them, you know, super users, you know, back in the day, they should be those, you know, those analytics, those, those, those super users, right. That, you know, that are, but they're in that part of the business, but they are, they, they are connected to the central hub of the analytics team or the data teams or whatever they may be. Right. So then they have, okay, they, you know, they have knowledge of the, you know, the shared platforms, the working practices and all of that good stuff um, that they should be using. Uh, but that's I've I've seen that work really really well in some organizations. So th th this has been one of the biggest trends I think now lately, especially with the data mesh and being able to go do the domains and 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 decentralize and push the work down to where the domains are, and then push the data team inside of those domains, um, and those data those data folks, the data scientists, data engineers. Is that it? Is that is that really the only thing that's been missing, or or a big component, or is there something else? Like if I had a, we had a magic wand right now. And we said, okay, we were able to go get our data, our, our, our domains, people in there. Do we think life is going to be great, or no, no, no. what else? No, no, there's, 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 there's more to it, right? Um, and there's the literacy piece as well. You know, something that um, you know always resonates with me, and it's like, uh, you know, uh, in my career, or some point, um, I was having a conversation with an engineering team, right? Um, and they weren't doing something that was really, really important for me, you know, or, and it's not, it's not so, not so much important for me, but important for the business. And I remember having this conversation with this guy and I said to him, I was just like, I'm asking you to bring over, you know, half a million rows of data, right? Do you know what, do you know what that means? No. Okay. That's, that's half a million customers. Yeah. Think customers, not rows. Right. And once, and then with that half a million customers right you know with that data this is what i'm going to do this is what i want to enable this is the problem that i want to solve right so but everyone just thinks data everyone thinks tables everyone thinks rows everyone thinks columns right you know but behind that is something there's an entity right it could be customers products behavioral data but have more of an appreciation you don't need to understand all of it but have more of an appreciation of what why that data exists and what it means I would argue that the ones who have more, not just appreciation, but have more and more understanding of it are the ones who are going to be the successful leaders of tomorrow. I agree. So, so, and, and this is something I was saying recently, I was being very bold and blunt about it is like, if you, you want to succeed in your career, you want to go forward, like understand the business. If you, otherwise, if you don't want to spend the time understanding the business, then yeah, guess what? Probably not going to be a leader and that's fine. It's Okay. Just, but just don't have I mean, understand it. Let's understand the baselines and where the expectations around this. And and I think you know, and not only does it have a whole bunch of inherent benefits in terms of what we're trying to do here, you know, and what we're talking about here today, you know, going along that journey, you're then going to find other areas or other pockets of the business that are actually working against each other, right? It is like, okay, I, I get what the business is about. I get what you're doing, but what you're doing and the way you're doing it is different to the way in which in, in, in which they're doing it. And as a was, and I and you know, and I'm here as the technologist and I'm trying to work and deliver for both of you. This is just a recipe for a disaster that's looming, right? It's gonna, you know, help you to have, you know, identify, you know, where those potential car crashes are gonna happen as well, right? Um, and I think that's 
you know, a strong trait in leadership, right? Having that broad level of understanding across, you know, the entire, you know, understand everything across that business and then understand exactly how it's operating, how people are working, how departments are working, how they're integrating with each other. Um, that is super, super valuable. Then you start to then you start to realize and understand, well, you know what? Here are the things that everyone's asking of us, but here are the things that we need to formulate and that we should be doing that no one's asking us to do. Yeah. You you mentioned literacy and you mentioned about thinking about customers, not rows. Um, and a lot of the theme of what we were talking about is like, how do we get on the same page? How do we communicate? And, and if we're not on the same page, how do we have a culture that allows us to recognize what pages we're on and start to communicate that to each other and get on that same page with each other? Um, I want to come back a little bit about this topic of literacy. I think that's really hard. And I, and I think we've um, tapped into it a little bit with things like, oh, we got to be more data driven. Let's empower people to learn about data skills and things like that, right? Um, but ultimately, you know, both on the data-driven side, as well as on like the business literacy side, right? I feel like we're very dependent on like HR onboarding. Like, did we, did we have a good onboarding program that like actually taught you about the business when you joined the company or are you five years in and you still don't know what the, the company is all about, right? Like, like, it, like how much of this is an, is an onboarding issue? How much of this is something else? Like, you know, like, you know, at... At WPP, are, have you guys found some success in, you know, doing, you know, lunch and learns or things like that where you're teaching data people about the business? Or I guess, how do we how do we approach this literacy issue? That's so, a great question. So it, it, in a number of different ways. And we're doing a whole bunch of stuff across, you know, WPP around us, right? So, you know, I mentioned around uh, the program that we had called Demystify AI, which is, you know, seeks to, you know, answer the elevated question of what AI is. And we do that across different tiers in the organization right you know so we have for our data practitioners we have curated learning paths so then they can you know brush up on their skills about becoming data scientists and i'm saying more about ml and all of that kind of good stuff uh, for our senior kind of to mid to senior level folks you know we have a you know data and ai business school as well right you know and the goal of that is we you know we want to train you on the elements of what data and AI is and how it can be applied. So you can come more, you know, you can be more confident about having conversations with, with folks and clients around that all the way up to the top, right? You know, we've sent all of our senior execs on a Oxford AI business diploma, right? You know, so then they have more of an understanding around, you know, how to apply this stuff and what it actually, um, you know, means as well. Um, we also do a whole bunch of things around inspiring folks, right? Because, you know, we've got, you know, a really solid community. We've got about 4,000 folks in our data and AI community. You know, we run a whole series of events, you know, we run, you know, web webinars and panel debates, um, you know, where we're bringing external folks. I mean, we did one with one last week, right? You know, where, um, he and I talked about, you know, the future of uh, data management and data products, right? You know, we'll also get folks to talk about the challenges that they've been overcoming. You know, what, you know, what was the challenge that you had from a client? You know, what was the approach? You know, what were the techniques that, you know, that you used to um, overcome it um, as well? So it's around, it's not just about saying, this is how you should do it. This is how you should think. It's also about, it's been very reflective, right? In terms of this is how it's been done. This is how others um, have approached it. Um, and these are the things, you know, what, what are those lessons learned, right? If you were going to go and do that again, what would you do different? Um, so it's, it, you know, it's really about, you know, learning and understanding, you know, applications of techniques and trying to improve, you know, literacy about what, what, what everyone else is doing, but also really learning about how things have been done, you know, and where, where are those success stories, right, that we don't, you know, hear, hear from, uh, hear about because they get diluted, you know, due to the size and the breadth of our organization. I think it's important also kind of give kind of some context for those who don't know what what is WPP? I think we should have done that because you have a very unique, uh, it's a very unique company. Yeah, I agree. So WPP is a, um, a media and advertising company predominantly. Um, the official statistic is, is that one in four ads worldwide come from a WPP uh, company. So, um, you know, and, you know, we've got, when we're an organization of organizations, right, you know, some of you are like W who, right? But really we, 
we are a conglomerate of a number of organizations. So we have, you know, hundreds of organizations within our fold, fold, right? You know, they all have their own leadership structures spread across, you know, uh, I think it's about 150 odd countries now, um, own leadership uh, structures, own departments, their own operating stacks, their own ways of working and all of that. So it's really, really super, super federated, right? So, um, and, you know, but we do it in a way in which, you know, we, it's around inspiring and guiding folks, right? You know, we're going to give you something that that you you can then take away and learn, right? You know, whether it's a you know course on machine learning, that's something that you know all you know all we want people to invest is is their time and their energy, right? You know, and and I think by you know by doing that, it's become really really powerful. You know, we've solved problems that we never thought that we even had. You know, let alone the ones that we knew that we had. But we're still on that journey and it's about, you know, being adaptive, you know, to those needs. The more the more we, you know, reach out to folks in the network, the more we understand, uh, the more problems and opportunities arise. One of the things that Tim brought up and I never thought about this as shouldn't this in, in, in the onboarding process, right? When you yeah. employees come on board, explain how the business works, right? Not just at a high level, but actually get a little bit more into the details. I think that's a great idea. What do you, I mean? What do you, oh, oh, do you, is, do you guys have experience on something like I, I, that? Or? Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's something that we're working on, but one of the things that I've always done in all of my roles is when new people come into the fold is I explain to them what the business is about, right. In a very clear and layman's way. And people get it, you know, because everyone, everyone talks in acronyms, everyone talks in jargon and, you know, and everyone pretends that they understand it, but, 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 but they, you know, more often than not, they don't. So, explain in a very nuts and bolts way this is what the business is this is what the, how the business model works this is how we make money ultimately right this is what people do here are the problems and then just give them that very very clear you know it's as if you know and, I, and always you know not to be patronizing i always tell it like uh, you know as if i was telling one of my kids right so so then so then you get it and it's just like ah okay that's mm -hmm. what you want and and we're doing a lot of work to you know improve the onboarding process and there's been some great things that've been done but that has to be clear you know folks come into the business you know and like oh you sell t-shirts right that's it that's all they know they don't know how, how you know where, you know where they come from how you make the money that's all got to be very clear and explained i i think that this is something where it's i think ripe for kind of just internal innovation like i don't know people talking about this i mean i Tim, you, we all talk to so many different lead leaders, executives, and I don't think the whole notion of like, oh, let's get HR or, or, or HR employee experience folks involved to discuss, get that onboarding of how the business works. And not just from a high level, oh, we sell t-shirts, right? Let's like, wait, we sell t-shirts and you have to get customers. How do we get customers? And let's understand that flow of the business. And then we understand the flow of the money. And then we actually kind of map within the organization, the departments of how that goes works and the people, right? Each people in these departments and then the data systems that they may be using. And then, you know, the data systems, the data lead from one system goes to another system. And all of that is just context. So when somebody comes asking uh, for a question, Yes, we still need to do continue to why, why, why. Maybe it's less wise because we actually know now more of the content where it comes from. So yeah. this is an interesting. This is really interesting. I'm actually uh, thinking about another guest we can get in around from this from this space and HR and onboarding and getting understand the business. This is really really interesting. Yeah, and I, it, it's it's super super important because the amount of times I've seen it, you know, I've seen folks that have been in the business for like you know six months or a year, and they still don't get the business model, right? Um, and it's important that they really, really get it um, and they understand, you know, not only what the business model is, but they get the wider context of why their role plays an important part into that business model, right? I might be a data analyst, but here's the input. Here's why you're here as a data analyst, right? You are here to do this and this is how it ladders up to that wider strategy right and that wider and when you say strategy it's around you know making it really relatable right you know i'm building dashboards so we can understand more about our customers that buy t-shirts so then we can sell more t-shirts to those kind of customers and then we can figure out the customers that aren't buying t-shirts so we can target them i get it right you know as opposed to a data analyst i'm just writing reports on yeah. t-shirt sales and then you also know like well that data for this is coming from this system but it goes into that other system and then this is exactly. all that context right there we need. Exactly. And then when people have that knowledge, 
they ask better questions, right? Because they get more. And it's like, well, why are we using those systems? Why, why you know, why are we writing reports on t-shirt sales? Why, you know, should we be writing reports on t-shirt prospects? You know, mm-hmm. it's things like that. And then people become more challenging in the right way. Yeah, I don't but, think yeah, we're taking, you know as organizations onboarding as seriously as we could be, right? Um, in general, I, I think there's a lot more opportunity there. And just this whole conversation reminds me actually of my first job that I had coming out of college. I worked at a, a company called Highland Software. Um, and the first week on the job when you joined the company, I don't know if they do this anymore, but the first week on the job, you weren't even, you didn't even report to your department yet. You actually went to like what they called Highland University and you would like learn the product and the systems and about the business for a week straight. And then you would go join your department. And I thought that was super weird. I think it's still kind of weird. Um, but uh, I always remember back to that experience and being like, wow, I wonder why other companies aren't doing that. Because you come out of that being like, oh, wow, I understand the business. I understand how the product works. And, you know, even if I never end up coming back to it later, like I have all that context, I'm going to ask really good questions now if I'm in sales, if I'm in marketing, wherever I might be in the organizations. Um, I, yeah, I think. I Oh, go ahead, Vip. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I've seen it in organizations where as part of the onboarding process, right, you know, you might be working in the uh, the IT team, right? But as part of, you know, you've got to then, you know, you've got to work, at, you know, in some, in some cases it might be a day, it might be half a day where you go and work in each one of those, you know, key departments, right? Um, and you go and shadow someone, right? You know, so you're not going to actually be doing anything, but you just shadow someone and observe key people and, and just to understand what they're doing. Right. And then as part of, you know, at the end of that onboarding process, what 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 did you learn? Right. You know, and I think that's thing is is simple initiatives like that, which are obvious. Right. You know, that we just don't do. Yeah. Or don't do enough of. I think uh, before we go into our lightning round, one other topic that's kind of interesting to explore with you, Vip, is is around the role that technology can play in helping to bridge the business and data. And uh, I'm curious from your perspective, like, you know, catalogs, quality, governance, policy, uh, learning management, you know, like how does technology play a role in, in bridging this? What, what, what have you seen as is most impactful and, and how to manage that properly? So it's, you know, the, the, the key thing is around understanding right understanding what exists right you know so let's you know let, let's rewind back to like 2018 you know back in the uk gdpr come in you know everyone was like oh my god you know we've got this regulation in you know we've got a you know consent privacy management you know you know uh, data lifecycle management great what we're we going to do all right well the first thing you need to do is understand what data you've got right and then you've got to apply the meaning to it right you know you've got to understand you know it's customer data it's sensitive data it's banking information um and all of that kind of good stuff right you know and then you start to you know un- understand its heritage and the, the lineage around it and then you can start to you know define the policies that, that ladder up to gdpr um and have that meaning around it okay i've got customer data this is what it means i've got you know banking data this is what it means you know this is you know how long are you keeping it for and then once you start to have that understanding, right, you can then start to apply those policies and your thinking, right? But the thing was, is that for a lot of organizations, that was absent. We just had data because we just had data, right? You know, it's data that we just created. We don't care. It's like how long it is. We just, it's just there. I don't want to remove it because I don't know what the impact is of removing it because I don't know what it's, you know, I don't know what it's going to do. So having that, some, those semantic foundations of understanding, you know, tick a number of boxes, right? You know, you can start to make sure that you're compliant, right? You can start to make sure that you're more efficient, you know, especially as, you know, organizations embark upon the journey into the cloud. What, you're going to dump everything into the cloud just because you got it, right? What rules are you going to, you know, what lifecycle management policies are you going to put in place, right? You know, are you going to remove financial information after three months after, you know, customers have left you, right? You can be more efficient about your data storage, especially in the world of, you know, with the backdrop of sustainability, right? All, you know, the cloud and all these data centers that we put data in, you know, they consume vast amounts of um, electricity, right? You know, and for stuff that we don't use, right? Um, as well, you know, are you just going to keep on buying stuff and then just adding more rooms onto your house just to keep all that stuff that you don't even use, right? We've got to move away from, from being data hoarders. But having understanding around that data also then unlocks the opportunities to leverage in your data. Okay, I didn't know that we had that right or 
you know, um, so we can, there's an opportunity to start, you know, uh, mixing and becoming creative with, uh, with data. Um, you know, you can also then start to untap, you know, a lot of the potential in and around that data. So, you know, that's, you know, I think that's the, the, the key part to unlocking it and getting actual real, real value out of it. It's just having that basic level of understanding of what you've got. This has been a phenomenal conversation about business. And I think trying to kind of to wrap up this discussion, we've been here at Gartner, uh, walking around hundreds of different vendors and you walk around and you look at all the, all the taglines around that. And, and, and it's uh, pretty daunting to kind of figure out what exactly is going on here. Because a lot of them say, say the same thing or overlapping things. And I think it is, up to leaders and actually not just the leaders. I mean, everybody within an organization is to be critical and to really ask those questions. Why, how, why, how? I think that's, I think before we get to the takeaways, I know that's, a, for me, that's already a takeaway. Ask more whys, ask more hows. All right, I think it's time to go for our, our let's go to our lightning round. Uh, we got a couple of questions. The lightning round is presented by Data.World, uh, the data catalog for successful cloud migration. With Data.World, you can ensure business continuity and visibility at every stage of the migration process. I'm going to go first. So WPP is a big company, and you've been putting all these amazing training programs together, right, about data and AI. You have all these partnerships with Oxford. Can smaller companies do that too? Oh, of course. Of course. It's much harder for us to do it on a large scale, but... A lot of organizations can do it. You know, there are a lot of partners out there or learning providers that you can partner with. And the content that we're creating, a lot of it is our own content, right? You know, who 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 better to teach, you know, what better is to use your business to teach the rest of the business and to create content, you know, around that and do that in creative ways, right? You know, you know, we live in a time where we don't need to get people into classrooms, right, into to teach all of this stuff. You know, we can, you know, produce videos and more interactive materials. So, hell yeah. Awesome. Love it. Um, next question is, um, so the chief data officer or the person who wears that hat, right, um, do they bear a heavy responsibility in bridging IT in the business? Oh, absolutely. Um, and I think if they're not, then they shouldn't be a CDO. Right. Because Ooh. that's well, I know that's controversial, but that's what they should be doing. You know, the chief data officers are there to not only make sure that there is order and structure and all the good things are going on within their you know, sphere of span of control within those data departments. It's also about making sure that they are working with their peers, the, the other, you know, that the, their peers in the C-suite and making sure that they're aligned in, in what they're doing, what their challenges are and in how they can work together to help not only resolve those challenges, but identify those opportunities. Because you can't, you're not gonna ask for, you're not gonna do things if you don't know that they exist, right? So they have to have that culture. And going back to what I said earlier, they have then got a, you know, it's down for, down to them to drive that culture of collaboration and cross-pollination across, you know, all of the departments down through the, the chain of their organization. Well, that was also actually a theme when I was at the MIT CDO conference about, all the CDOs were talking about the business, the how do you define success from a business perspective? Mm -hmm. Not that much about technology. And I agree with you. Like, if you're not doing that, then you should, you're not the CDO. You should not be the CDO. Yeah, All right, answer. next question. Are companies like WPP seeing the idea of knowledge, rise and relevance from them versus just data? Oh, agree. I mean, we're. I mean, I'm. I'm a huge advocate of of knowledge. And I mean, you know, um, you know, I made a statement earlier on about you know being data rich, knowledge poor. And I, you know, I'm not just saying that about our organisation. I just say this this is prevalent in in all organisations. So you know, we need to start making more of the connection between data all the way through to information, all the way through to to, to you know insight and knowledge, right? You know, and I you know I think it was like you know, there's a quote, you know, there's a stat from Gartner around, it's like, you know, 87% of data is is unused, right? Because it doesn't, you know, and, but there's no meaning around it. So absolutely, we should be ensuring that we are transforming data into knowledge, right? And if we're not, then that data is just not serving a purpose, right? It shouldn't be there. And we should really be questioning, you know, why we have it and what we're doing. Love this. Yeah, last question. So, Fib. Fast forward 10 years from now, will we have by and large solved this data and business literacy problem? Is this something that we're going to actually solve for or are we in this for the long haul? 
I think we're going to be in it for the long haul. I think we're going to be a lot more poised um, around the approaches that we're taking. Um, I think there's going to be more appreciation of the, the business value chain, you know, across technology and across the business departments. Um, I think what I think what is going to change is the, the the types of challenges, right, and the types of ways in which we're doing business, right. So, but I think we're going to have some solid foundations in terms of bridging those two things, you know, together, right. You know, I, I read something a while ago where um, someone said, you know, the business of the future won't have a chief data officer because you know, the mantra of data will be embedded into the organization, right? You won't need it. You know, and they also mentioned about Amazon, right? You know, the the, the, the world's most big and biggest data-driven business. Yeah, who's the CDO? They don't have one. They don't have one. So, you know, so I, I, I think we'll see more people, you know, especially in senior roles, you know, our C-suites that are more technology focused and more technology driven and more, and more data literate as well as business literate. This brings up another interesting uh, thought um, well, not having a CDO means you're being successful. Um, not, not necessarily. It might mean that you've potentially kind of got to that Nirvana point as well. Um, but I think there's, you know, you, there, there is still a time and a place for having a CDO in that organization, right? It's when all of your ducks line up. It's when everyone kind of has that, that, that level of understanding across business and technology, you reach that point. But it's not a bad thing, you know, having one. I just think organizations that are really technology-driven and technology-focused will probably be the first ones that will be potentially clipping those roles. All right. All right, time for TTT. Tim, take us away with your takeaways. Go first. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So many good takeaways, Viv. Thank you so much for this conversation that we've been able to have today. So um, we talked a lot about sort of this need to bridge the business and IT and technology groups uh, and how to do that and the big challenges around that. Uh, and you had mentioned that uh, business and technology groups always have these demands of each other. Um, and that um, uh, a lot of times they're not speaking the same language and that you must accept that this problem exists, right? It kind of reminds me of sort of like the, the, the multiple stages of grief or something like that, right? You have to acknowledge that there, uh, that there is this issue, that there is this problem um, and that everyone has to play a role in solving it. Uh, you mentioned about um, understanding being a really clear goal that we have to understand each other. We have to ask how we have to ask why you need to create a culture and empower the people on your team and across the organization to ask why to understand the value and to, and, and to encourage them to make it clear that they're not trying to be belligerent or cause confusion and delay that asking why is a good thing because it highlights the value. It makes it clear to them what they should be doing so that they do the right thing and it's the most impactful thing. And it makes sure that we as an organization prioritize properly, right? Uh, and throughout all of this, it's a, it's a journey that everyone's going on together to understand the business more as a whole um, and to have these what you call grown-up conversations um, uh, to really you know, qualify those, those wants and needs. Um, how do you get people to ask why? Well, uh, you should you should ask why uh, when you're asked to do something. So you should make sure that those people are asking why. Um, you should, uh, as a manager, make it clear to your team that they're empowered to do this. Um, and uh, you also talked about the uh, making it, it that it's important for people to know the strategic objectives of the company. Like, what is the company trying to do? What does the company do? Um, and those are going to be key factors in helping them to ask the right questions and and have smart smart why questions to ask. Um, so I thought that was a really good setup on sort of making sure people are asking the right questions and, and understanding. Um, Juan, what about you? What were some of your big takeaways? I got, I got several here. So how do we establish this culture, right? So we've talked about the literacy. Yes, we need to have data literacy, but we're in this agreement that we need to start thinking about this business literacy. And we did talk about like these business, like these data translators, but, and Hey, we acknowledge that they can be unicorns in a way. And, and I mean, and they, it's hard to go find them mm. too. Uh, so it, it is not just about having that particular role that exists. Like this needs to be something that other people are going to have within kind of their existing job because otherwise they're going to think it's somebody else's job. Yeah. I want to go do that, right? You need to embed the responsibilities as well so it's not someone else's job. 
but you need to empower them, right? You need to give them the tools and make it clear, make it easy around this. We talked about the team structures. I think it's very clear that the whole decentralization push kind of your data scientists, your analysts, engineers into those different departments, right? I think that's one of the, the, the important aspects. You said something I'll never forget. Think customers, not rows. That is a brilliant, brilliant takeaway because that's the knowledge first aspect right there. Data first, it's rows. Knowledge first, oh, those are customers actually. And you really want to identify groups that are working against each other and protect against those car crashes. Yeah. That's a really important takeaway right there. So how do we enable these data and data and business literacy pro, uh, with an organization? Well, it's education, right? Like you guys at, data, at WPP, you've established all these programs around AI, uh, doing things like with Oxford, Oxford trainings, having a lot of guest speakers, how to special workshops, um, learn from others who have done it before. We're talking now about how we could possibly do this with employee onboarding. A lot of possibilities of things to go do there. He said something that I really love. When you have the knowledge, you ask better questions. And I think this is a this is another brilliant takeaway. Um, what roles can technology play? It's in assisting with the understanding because when you understand that data, again, you can leverage that data more. You can ask those better questions. So technology there is to make you really understand better that data. Um, and I think we just that last takeaway that we talked about the CDO. I think that that if the CDO the goal should be that the CDO kind of becomes irrelevant. I mean, look at those big companies; they don't even have CDOs around that. We did a lot. How did we do on takeaways? Anything we missed? No, no, I think you've covered it. Both of you've covered it brilliantly. Wow. Wow. We we, we did get through a lot there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's wrap it up. We got three questions for you. Okay. What's your advice about data, about life, brought on purpose? Second, who should we invite next? And third, uh, what are the resources that you follow? Who are What are the things that you read, uh, people you follow, conferences that you go to? So I think... Um, in terms of kind of my, you know, uh, approaches or, or ways to think about things, I, you know, I just think, you know, never, you know, be curious, don't ever be afraid to challenge. Um, and, you know, and this is my, my whole personal mantra, which is, you know, make sure you learn something new every day, right? Have one takeaway every single day, right? You know, and it might be something simple, right? You know, I've, you know, I learned how to cook sausages or whatever, but make sure you reflect and you learn something new every single day, right? And have that kind of mind. And I think that's that's the thing. And don't be afraid of failing. Don't be afraid of changing your mind, right? Don't be afraid of say, you know, what you know. You might think that sausages are the best thing, you know, today and tomorrow. It's just like, well, it's, it's bacon tomorrow, right? You know, don't be afraid of that, right? You know, don't 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 be stuck in your ways. So I think that's. You know, that's something that's, um, you know, I've, I've always, you know, uh, grown up with as well. So uh, who should we invite next? Oh, who should we invite next? Wow. Wow. That's a, I mean, you've had a, a real, real great number of uh, um, speakers on here. Wow. Uh, 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 or, or a topic or a type of person or if you don't. Um, I don't know. I think um I think trying to, you know, I think what 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 I would love to hear more about is from an organization or a person or someone, you know, who, who who's who's done, who's really good at this, right? You know, to understand what we're missing, right? We were talking, you know, we're all talking about, you know, ones that you know we think we're good or, um, you know, the the, you know, but who are those key organizations that are really really nailing this, right? And how will they actually do this? It doesn't have to be a large organization but it could be a small one right because i really feel as though i'd like to learn from one another right um and, and how they're approaching things so, so. Uh, well call anybody who's listening uh and and, and do you want to share your story please reach out to us uh finally what resources do you follow um so um i i don't do a lot of reading um as lot, you know i do you know i pursue the right people um on linkedin and making sure that i'm reading the right you know blog posts as well um and i just think it's about for me it's about absorbing the right information from the right people and debating in your mind everything that you hear listen and learn right um as well so uh there's you know there's there's various folks that that, that, that i follow but i just think it's you know, it's around the people that are around you. Uh, that they're, they're going to be very key to, you know, your immediate learning and understanding um, as well. Love that. You're you're big on building that network and 
and being able to share knowledge with each other. And I, and I love that. It's a very connected approach to knowledge sharing. Yeah, that's something I've been following a lot and kind of finding the right people, connecting them, connecting with them, trying to go talk to them, have one-on-ones, once a bunch of little people. I'm very privileged that I get to talk to you and we get to Likewise. we get to chat and just kind of like share what's going on in the world. You know, absolutely. And I think, you know, given everything that's happened in the last couple of years, you know, that that level of connectivity is dissolved a bit, right? You know, we don't, you know, we don't always have those impromptu conversations, right? We don't always have those things that we we hear someone else talking about, you know, whilst we're in the office that like pique our interest. Those are things, you know, that's, you know, I think we've we've lost the ability to be able to listen, learn and connect with people, um, you know, outside, you know, of a screen. So, you know, being here and meeting people, talking to people, understanding what they're doing, listening, learning is really, really key. You know, and sometimes to me, that's more powerful than and it's going to be more valuable than, you know, reading, you know, um, any book. And with that, we're after this, we're heading to dinner and continue talking about oh, and discover things. So next week, uh, we're going to be chatting with uh, Roll Pot. He's from Vopac and Vopac is a company I find fascinating. Company's been around for 400 years. And I remember talking to them and saying, we need to be around for another 400 years. That is thinking about being resilient. So that's one of the conversations we're having next week with Roll. And we're actually going to be all live at, in Austin. We're going to be in the Data.World headquarters. So it's going to be a really funny conversation over there. Uh, and, well, thank you very much for all our listeners. Uh, this episode, again, was brought to you by Data.World, the data catalog for the data mesh. who can help you do the data mesh in a whole new paradigm for data empowerment. So to learn more, visit Data.World. With that, VIP. Tim, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. It's been an honor and privilege to be here. So This was great. Looking forward to cheersing you um, in person in just a few weeks' time, hopefully. Cheers. Brilliant. Cheers. This is Catalog and Cocktails. A special thanks to Data.World for supporting the show, Carly Berghoff for producing, John Loyans and Brian Jacob for the show music, and thank you to the entire Catalog and Cocktails fan base.